Lonely Monk Productions. What's up, kids? Uh, it's your pal, Nate, and I got a bonus episode for you today. But before we get to that, a quick programming reminder. Guys, this Saturday, December 23rd, is Twas the John Before Christmas 4. That's right. Our annual ukulele holiday sing-along is back at 8 p.m., streaming on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and all of the socials. So uh, make sure you join us for that, 8 p.m. It's going to be a great time. I got some holiday classics all lined up for you. Plus, we got some guests that are going to stop by. So it's super exciting. 8 p.m., December 23rd, Saturday night, Twas the John Before Christmas 4. But say you miss it. Say you can't make it. Well, fear not. First of all, it'll be available on all of the streaming sites. It'll be on uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook for a while, so you can catch it after it's already aired. But if you even missed those, next Monday, well, it's Christmas. But more so than that, this episode, this live stream, will be released on this podcast feed. So uh, if you're subscribed, it's coming right to you anyway. Enjoy. And then uh, the week after that is January 1st, and that'll be uh, New Year's Day. And for that, we're going to do one final episode of this season, and that's just going to be our year-end recap uh, to cap off the season, the season finale. And then I'm going to take a little break, and I hope you don't mind. But uh, So that's that's what we got uh, coming up, uh, the next two episodes. Uh, so Saturday, December 23rd, twas the John Before Christmas 4. Then uh, Monday, Christmas Day, uh, twas the John Before Christmas 4. Uh, it comes out on the podcast feed. And then the week after that, New Year's Day, we have our year-end review. All right. So today's bonus episode, I'm so excited to bring to you. Um, I was lucky enough to join my friend Dan Drago from the 25 O'Clock Podcast. And the two of us, we went on your next favorite band podcast live stream uh, hosted by our pal Phil Reese. All right. And we got to break down WXPN's 885 Greatest Songs by Women Countdown. And it was an awesome hang. I am so excited to bring it to you today. And uh, uh, so let me stop talking and let me bring it to you. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Let me know um, in the comments or uh, leave a review. Uh, follow us on the socials. Hit me up. Do something like that. Tell me what you think. Um, because, guys, this was a lot of fun, and we hope to do a bunch more like this in the future. So um, enjoy, sit back, and uh, hopefully I'll see you on Saturday. All right. Till next time, everybody. No, not yet. Listen to this. Then, till next time, everybody, blue skies and all that. All right. Enjoy. And the goal was to bring you your next favorite band. For having us, this is a very cool show. Yeah, so Going through many, yeah. many iterations, and it yeah. we finally landed on the weirdest one by far. Yes, yeah. a couple of feelings, and uh, boom, you got a song. Yeah. I, I remember this one time I'd been writing some songs. And I, and I went out, this, I'm just going right in on this story. I went out and so I was. Uh, okay, the story's longer than the song itself. We'll go ahead and play it. And listen, it's going to be everybody's favorite band. Welcome to your next favorite band. That's both the show title and our promise to you. We here at Stereophilia Studio are tireless in our pursuit of finding incredible, genre-defiant artists who are either a hot up-and-coming band or a group that has been delivering for years but have flown under the radar. Tonight, we have a triple collabo. 
Next Fave Band, 25 O'Clock Pod, and Yo, That's My John talk about the 885 greatest songs by women as voted on by the listeners of WXPN. Each month, we will bring you live streams, audio podcasts, and perhaps even a live concert where you can listen to the stories and hear the music of artists personally curated by us based on what we feel will be worthy of your time. Be sure to subscribe and tune in to each episode because the possibilities are endless and you never know who will be your next favorite band. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Philip Reese. I am joined by two guest co-hosts, Dan Drago of the 25 O'Clock Pod and Nate Johnny Mitchell Runkle of the Yo, Yo, That's My John podcast. And you are listening to your next favorite band. Welcome to the show, Dan and Nate. This is wonderful. It's good to be here again. (laughs) <laughs> we are we are finally formed together like uh, the Gladiator Voltron, Voltron 2, the oft-forgot three-robot Voltron. That is true. I didn't think about that one. It's often a five, but uh, we only got three of us. And um, what a special night it is. I mean, I really appreciate you all, um, you know, uh, agreeing to this. I think this is super fun to be able to, to, to capture the moment. I mean... XPN does these amazing lists and we all vote on some things and uh, uh, and then they kind of aggregate it all and put it out there. And for the last week, we've been hearing the 885 greatest songs by women as voted on by the listeners. It's outstanding. I, I caught the I was fortunate enough to be in the car today doing stuff. Uh, and I caught the last like 17 or 18, which was cool. I didn't expect to be doing that. So I, I got to hear the number one. <laughs> I did not miss a song today. Um, I got to make it all the way straight through. From You've been very place. committed the entire time. I got to be honest. You've been also quite active on the socials to support things. Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, it's an obsession. Uh, these 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 countdowns are exciting to me. I'll I'll, t- I'll be honest with you. Um, shout out to the XB Zenio Caucus. We had a fantasy draft of songs, uh, and we did we actually drafted. I came in second place. Um, uh, but um, shout out to Ross who won our fantasy draft. Um, just absolutely crushed it by like I want to say like twelve points or something. Like is that, that Ross Curie, by the way? That is. All right, so he is uh, actually listening, and he has said that he is just here to troll Nate. <laughs> oh, that's great! Uh, Thanks. Good. Some, some, someone needs to be. <laughs> I, re- I rescind my shout out then. Yes, and uh, <laughs> you just made me, Nate. You just made me regret like getting out of the the X Twitter game uh, earlier this year. I would have. I would have. I'm not a sports guy, but like I am all about the 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 statistical aspect of sports while not the actual <laughs> act of sports. But Nate and I talked backstage that like we are both kind of into baseball and we're both big fish fans. So like song stats and all that is like in our blood. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And then Ross also enjoyed my uh, Lorena McKennett shirt, uh, which is an apropos choice. Uh, you have no idea. You'll, you'll see where she comes in in my top 10 in a little bit. But I figured it was important at the top here to really kind of share uh, a little bit of detail behind each one of our shows, since people might be tuning in who don't know about the other two or maybe two out of the three. Um, and in the spirit of uh, the Christmas uh, carol, um, we have some uh, key episodes to share that may give a window into what we're all about. So um, I will play the role of the uh, Ghost of Christmas Past because this past Sunday um, I had a show, our special year-end, uh, which is the Winter Wonder Jam. Um, and we have a, a, a day that we like to bring together where um, we invite back anybody who was a guest on the show 
to submit music who uh, it could be holiday it could be seasonal uh, meaning winter it could be year-end could be Thanksgiving um, but basically uh, people who have been guests throughout the calendar year um, can submit a message and a song and we play it and we also raise money for a local homeless shelter so you can see here uh, all the different people who were part of it and then some uh, some of the people kind of headlined the day so the Tisberries and Fig for a Kiss both headlined I have some pictures here um, this is uh, Tyler from the Tisberries. He was playing uh, some nice acoustic uh, music for us. Um, and then that's Fig for a Kiss, an amazing Celtic trio uh, here from Bethlehem, uh, really kind of treated us to the thing. And there was even like a, an all-star jam at the moment where Tyler joined the stage with Fig for a Kiss. Everybody played Silent Night. It was a great way to kind of wrap things up. Uh, I had one thing here I wanted to share. We did a little trailer. This will give you like a little flavor for kind of what it felt like for the day. And you can kind of get a better sense for you can see uh, who was all part of it. different people who had been guests on the show Seven Horse, which is the music in the background, Rachel Anna Dobkin, Bandits on the Run, uh, and then here's some, these are some clips from the actual thing, so Kufnats and Christina Lee gave us some Christmas music, they were phenomenal, one of them was Holiday by Madonna, which obviously is an amazing, you know, there's Clover, uh, Dan, you were the guest host on that one, I dig her. Uh, her rendition was amazing, uh, Patty Prashela was also an incredible version of uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. A, a big popular one there. Uh, Shug, obviously Shug Daniels is a great addition to anything. Uh, um, did an amazing version of uh, Earth the Kid says and a baby. Um, our son, the voice of reason from Gangster Grass, Gabriel Sturban. Um, just these amazing people. There's Emily Drinker. She just was your recent uh, episode for you. There's this Amy week, Ranks. yeah. yeah. They did an awesome version. Uh, Unworthy. Her wines are just the area of Jersey. And then we even Polyphonic Spree, which was our most recent episode. Uh, Tim DeLauder came on and uh, was able to uh, give us some information on their latest release and then uh, allowed us to use some of their music. They do a great holiday extravaganza down in Dallas where they're from. And uh, I don't know, it's just a little special day that we've started to create a little bit of annual event around. And people were sending me pictures of them listening to us on their big screen TVs in their, in their living rooms. I was like feeling a little bit, uh, and then Dan, there was yours. It's my house, hey. It's yours, you did an amazing post. I can't thank you enough for that. And then the one thing I did want to ask about a little bit was uh, oh, demonic, demonic frost. frost. So that Frosty the Snowman has been a holiday fixture in my life since before I was born. Uh, and I, I was just telling my wife this story in the car uh, because she's the one who sort of dubbed it demonic Frosty because at <laughs> one point he had a much redder light in him and it was quite quite demonic uh when i moved out of the house for real real i think when i moved right. to philadelphia my mother asked me she says is there anything of the house that you want to take with you you know you're an adult now you're out on your own and without like i just i just go frosty lamp and like immediately <laughs> like she's like wow you didn't have to think about that i'm like frosty lamp uh, and so frosty lamp has been in my possession since my mid-20s there was a period where i misplaced it and accused every single family member of somehow yep. sneaking into my apart, my old apartment and taking, taking it, it, which they don't live here. I, that's impossible. I was really just the demonic. Frosty is controlling your thoughts. It's 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 possible. Yeah, but no, Frosty <laughs> no. Frosty is with us uh, 
forever. I yeah. love that. Lamp. One more like look at this, <laughs> just so you can't get that out of your nightmares. Um, and so we're now going to move to the ghost of Christmas present, which is Nate, because he's got an episode coming up uh, real soon here. Um, and you're going to think this might be just equally as demonic. Uh, here is the promo image, uh, which uh, you're welcome for this one. Oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yipes. Okay. Yeah. Why so, do I know you? Jeez. <laughs> so I understand. This might set off the the copyright and trademark uh, bots right here. No, this is I, this is fair use. This is transformative. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's saying something. That's a label for sure. I understand how uh, terrifying this image is, but you should see it in motion because I actually have it as an animated GIF as well. <laughs> That you know, I'm, be... I'm becoming used to it as I just stare at it longer. So good, good job. I love that you went with the one that had a little more five o'clock shadow, too. That's phenomenal. Uh, always. Oh, always. And those That's... of you who might be just listening, uh, he took the uh, Mariah Carey image and put his face on it. Anyway, sorry, yeah, Nate. So, no, it's good. So uh, this is the fourth Twas the John Before Christmas, uh, uh, subtitled All I Want for Christmas is Uke. And uh, what it is, is it's a uh, ukulele sing-along that I do uh, every Christmas time where uh, I just kind of sit in my basement down here, play some ukulele for people. It started uh, during the quarantine uh, in 2020. And the reason I did it was solely just so I could do I'll Be Home for Christmas so that I could end with the line, because we're quarantined. And um, it's literally just for that pun that this all exists. But um, but each year I try and to I kind of. Talk. That's yeah. a lot of work. So, <laughs> so so this year, um, you know, there's there's some new additions to it. First of all, we've got um, uh, the newest addition to my household, which is the banjo lele. So we're gonna uh, sonically change the ukulele uh, up a little bit. You know, we got some variety. And then um, uh, maybe maybe some guests pop by. Maybe some maybe some people jump in. Like an old, uh, we got snowed in, and uh, and some guests showed up. But uh, but it. yeah. So um, so that's the twenty third at eight. Um, it'll be streaming on the socials, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and all cool. that good stuff. So yeah. So that's a promo for that one. Give a little bit, maybe a little bit more background on your actual show, and and then uh, so people might want to tune in and and uh, subscribe. Yeah, so yo, that's my John. If you're not familiar, um, uh, especially if you're not uh, from the Philly area, if you don't know, John uh, is a um, uh, uh, a word that you can use to mean right. anything, anything you want it to be. Um, as my good friend Kevin Allison once said, Philadelphians use the word John like Smurfs use the word Smurf, and um, and it's a, a very apt uh, uh, description. Uh, yeah. But essentially, I just uh, interview uh, musicians and creatives with a kind of Philly be uh, bend to it, but um, not not exclusively um, about uh, their passions and their life in uh, whatever their creativity is. And then every episode ends with a little thing I like to call the jauntlet, which is a um, just a 20 song run of questions um, that every guest has to go through. And uh, if you're curious to, to what that is, if you go to the Yo, That's My John YouTube channel, you can find me taking the jauntlet by myself being interviewed by my friend Petey back here. Um, Petey is my Muppet, and um, Petey put me through the jauntlet one time. Wow. So there you go. I, I'm actually going to check that out. I did not know that existed. The masturbatory jauntlet. 
Yes, exactly. Okay. I did it for my birthday too, just to make it just completely uh, the grossest thing in the world. There you go. Um, and then now let's move to the oh, Ghost gosh. of Christmas yet to come, or, or whatever that is. Uh, the uh, Dan Drago Twenty Five O'clock Pod. You have a very special episode coming up. Oh yeah, episode three hundred is coming up on January sixteenth. Three hundred. Uh, it's, it's congratulations. I'm tired of making the joke. People are tired of hearing the joke. No one is more surprised by this than I am. Like that's amazing. I, Super I, great. I, I who you ever imagine making three hundred of anything? Like <laughs> no, seriously. Like, no, you're right. Absolutely right. I you know. 300 is a lot. Uh, when I did episode 200, uh, that was a milestone. Uh, I got to talk to Helen Light, uh, who uh, of you know, formerly of WXPN, basically the the beginner of Philly local, uh, sure. at least on XPN and breaking out into a national audience. If if you want to trace back why Philadelphia in the last 10 or 15 years has been more and more in the national music conversation. I think it's people like Helen um, and all the other artists that I interview on the show uh, as, as, as well. I was just, I don't know, man, just right place, right time. Uh, and stubborn enough just to keep going all the way to 300, uh, regardless of what anyone said. <laughs> Phil, I don't know um, how you feel, but, but I, I like to think of Dan as my podcast big brother. He's like my big bro in podcasting. And I oh, that's right, literally yeah. and, and and I'm literally what, like three or four years older than you or something. Yeah, like something that. like that. But but still, that's that's my big that's my big bro. Three hundred is huge, man. And uh, congrats huge. on that. I, I don't think the weight of it has truly sunk in yet. And I think even after I do it, I don't think the weight will truly sink in. That's just kind of how it goes, especially, I mean, all three of us here know this, when you're putting out a show week after week, it's just like, you can't rest for too long. You're just like, all right, cool. Great show. Oh, right. On to the, on to the next one. Right. On yeah. Yeah. Do one. it again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I have my guest, I have it lined up. I have not cut the interview yet, but, uh, I am very, very excited, uh, That's about so this good. guest and I think everyone else is going to be excited too. I will not, I will not reveal, I might start giving clues or I might even talk about it the week before, but I, I very superstitious and I don't like to name the child before it's born. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. But we probably could, it's not Joni Mitchell. No, okay. no. Cause, Cause she's not from Philadelphia. Right. Oh, that's true. That's good to be, you know, committed to your, your brand. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I would love to imagine Joni Mitchell. Like, I'll but do would, it, Dan. Nope. Sorry. No. You would be surprised. Occasionally people have been like, what about this person? I'm like, that is a very known person. And I like that person very much. Unfortunately, that makes no sense. Send them uh, my way. I'm a whore. Well, that's that's the thing. And then so so I have I, I have people like you and, and, and Phil to just be like, but I know these two guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right, right. Yeah, I'm regionally agnostic. Um, yeah. But uh, a little description about your show. Uh, like you're, you're hinting at it there. It's Philly-based music and uh, and all Philly's things. Philly's longest-running music podcast, I think. Uh, I have been interviewing pretty much solely Philadelphia and Philadelphia-adjacent artists, musicians, creatives, people sure. in the community as well, not just performers. Uh, if you go back into the first couple of years of the show, which is odd because I'm up to nine, this is my ninth year now. Mm -hmm. um, there, there are some people who weren't really from Philly, from Philly. Uh, and a lot of them were like my friends who were on tour and I just wanted to hang out. Uh, so that's kind of how <laughs> that happened. Yes. Um, and people did reach out to me from other markets at some point, And I thought maybe that would be, uh, you know, the angle of the show. That's the thing about having a thing that goes on for as long uh, as it does. Uh, it very rarely, you, you, you very rarely reach exactly what you're going to be about 
right on, right from the get-go. Like it just, that's simply not how it works. Right. Uh, and it took me, I would say the first two to three years of the show for me to really figure out that like, all right, this is a Philadelphia music show. We're, and there wasn't much of a transition, but it was like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Uh, and I think ever since I did that, just the, the, the direction was very helpful. Sure. Uh, limitations are great. Everyone, you should, you should set them up and then knock them down whenever you feel like it. Like, right. you know, it's that, that's the joy of, of running your own ship. It's your own ship. That is exactly right. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, thank you bo both for joining. I just think this is amazing, and it's a very apt, you know, uh, approach to what's been going on, like we talked about at the top. So uh, we kind of explained that what was WXBN was doing, and the three of us started to put out our lists, and we kind of started to say, hey, maybe we should get together and talk about this. And then as it became more of a reality, with the list going out there from, uh, from WXPN, we were just like, yeah, let's do it. And the fact that, this show broadcasts on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. just was like the perfect timing because we knew it was going to wrap around 5.30-ish today. So we were like, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's make that a reality. Um, we, are the, and so, we are the post game. And it, right, exactly yeah, right. And, and before we dive into anything else, Phil, yes. thank you for putting this together. Yes. Because um, I love this. I'm so glad we're doing this. I, it's, I've been waiting to do something like this. But I also have uh, enormous uh, ADHD and never would have been able to spearhead it myself. So thank you for taking the reins. Oh, well, my pleasure. I mean, it, it's one of those things where like, hey, it, it worked. The It's super easy to just throw this out there. And, you know, we already have all the equipment. So, you know, what better when you want to talk about greatest songs by women, then pulling three dudes together to talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's I, I, I was going to make that point at some point. I'm glad you made it first. Right. Although Phil is wrapping a Lorena McKenna shirt right there. Yeah. I am wrapping my Neko case shirt right, from right. the last tour that she was just on, which Phil and I saw together in Bethlehem. Uh, in, in Bethlehem. It was actually, yeah. I think, the first time that Phil and I ever hung out in That's person. Right. That was the in-person I had done your show uh, a couple months before Correct. and you'd sent me an email and been like, Hey, I got tickets to Neko if you want to come up. Mm -hmm. uh, that was, I think the first indoor concert I had attended uh, since post COVID. Since post -COVID. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. And it, would, it made us all feel good too. Cause Neko was very much uh, of the mind that everyone in that audience was going to have a mask on their face. Correct. Yep. Uh, and it was uh that was a great show. That was, and you had the whole backdrop behind of the yeah. steel stacks through the window. If if people have never been to the what's it, Music and Arts Quest or Arts what, Quest, yeah, Arts Quest, it's a beautiful venue. Yeah, no, thank you for that. It is something that we tend to try and encourage people to come check out because we're roughly what one twenty, an hour and twenty from Philly, probably about the same from New York City. Not far um, at all. Yeah, so it is a nice venue, and if it's somebody that you're interested in, or even if you're not, it's a great town. You can come. Just we have music. Uh, and and uh, not only just there, we have uh, probably two or three bars or other places that are going to have live music any given night as well. We're kind of like a little mini Austin, Texas. No, it's true. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Well, um, I figure we could get into it here. Um, why don't we start with the actual list? Well, let's go with the, what ended up as the top 10 and we can kind of share that. So um, I can't really argue with any of these. I mean... Uh, basically in the, the number one spot. So this is the one that got the most votes, the most points, uh, was respect by Aretha Franklin. Um, then a case of you by Joni Mitchell, Jolene by Dolly Parton, the story by Brandy Carlisle, fast car by Tracy Chapman. Coming in sixth was at last by Etta James. Seven was angel from Montgomery by Bonnie Raitt. Uh, eight was both sides now by Joni Mitchell. 
Nine was The Joke by Brandy Carlisle. And ten was Crazy by Patsy Cline. I mean, all of us stellar lineup as you would probably hope and expect uh and you can't really argue with too many of them i, I almost can. wore my <laughs> I, <laughs> I almost wore my patsy klein shirt instead of my neko case shirt it was a right, uh, right, game right. time decision <laughs> yeah and obviously we would argue with them individually because i don't think any of us had any of those on our time no tent. no but that's not what i'm arguing what i'm arguing is the joke to me is 100% a number seven song. And I'm not just saying that because I had it in my fantasy. And if I would have hit it number seven, I probably would have won. Okay? Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. That sounds like that's between you and Ross, man. And that just needs to be settled uh, at a different time. <laughs> uh, none of my artists even appeared in, in, the, in the top 10. Uh, although we, we did learn, I, I did hear the stat, uh, Dan Reed said it today, that Joni Mitchell was, went 30 for uh for the right so i have that here too yeah. i have this is the number of times each of these artists showed up in the 885 so joni mitchell <laughs> far and away leads that list at 30 songs uh then the pretenders at number two with 18 that's fascinating that the yeah. pretenders would even beat out aretha or bonnie uh or or like or brandy like yeah. xpn is is right. brandy carlisle country right right there. and Absolutely. you know what else is amazing too is the pretenders album that first album had eight on its own yeah i think there's oh, only yeah. 10 11 tracks on it at all so like that's probably up there as probably xpn gold at this point. that's like thriller level right, <laughs> right. There. I, right. I would say it, it is surprising it's completely surprising but every single time one of their song one of the pretender songs came on i would go oh yeah right this yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. Just every single song that you forget and you just go oh that's true. Right, of course that is true. When you listen to the list, you're kind of like, wait, I wasn't expecting that. And then you're like, oh, wait, yeah, that is pretty effing great. Like, I yeah. mean, it's just like that was the lovely part of this list for me was um, that the, 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 the kind of the reminder of how great these songs were and great these artists are. Um, but I think also a, a window into the, the, the titans, if you will, that I wasn't aware of. I didn't realize how big Brandy Carlisle was or Carol King. I mean, everyone knows Joni Mitchell. Everyone knows Dolly Parton. Like those are mega, you know, superstars. Yeah. Those other ones, I was just like, wow. I just kind of like knew and liked those songs, but I didn't realize they were two in the top ten type people. Yeah. Or like, I think Carol King had like five in the top fifty. I mean, like, I just didn't realize they were that much of a difference maker in the industry. And that's bad on me for not knowing that. The, the, the yeah, two standouts well, on that list, throw, throw that list up again real yeah, quick yeah, for, for, for the people. Um, everyone is probably familiar with every single artist on that list, with the exception, perhaps, the only ones that I don't think are like legacy lifetime names are Brandy Carlisle and uh, Patty Griffin. Sure. And those two, but those two from the XPN perspective, they're XPN royalty right there. XPN yeah. was behind those artists when they were barely selling out 100 cap clubs. Um, they were probably getting booked in small venues in Philly and XPN took a chance on, you know, a travel, a couple of traveling singer songwriters Sure, and their careers built thanks to markets like ours in Philadelphia and other stations like XPN. There are others. There's not a mm -hmm. lot, but there are, uh, and it's just amazing to see them in the same list as, you know, Joni Mitchell, Carol King, Aretha sure. Franklin, like yeah. Bonnie Raitt, like, and then to see like, i Patty Griffin, Brandy Carlisle. You know, I that's 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 the XPN flavor right there. Yeah. In honor of the number one song, here's a little respect by Aretha Franklin.
hard to argue with this one being the number one song. I mean, it's got everything you would probably want in a song like this. So I have another podcast that I have done occasionally. It's called Double Lives. It's about live records. We did Aretha live for more, and she opens the set with respect, played it about five times the speed of this, and it's the most amazing thing you've ever heard. It's like, <laughs> bum, 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 bum. She comes right out and just gives you the hit. And, and that song had really only been a hit for a couple of years when she had done it. Uh, I learned so much about Aretha and her band and the people around her and her, and her career uh, researching for that episode and from the movie that came out uh, a few years ago. Um, that scene where they kind of, you know, quote unquote, write respect in the room. Sure. Uh, I know those are dramatizations. I know that's not how it happens, but it gets me every time just to watch someone be like, well, what if I do this? What if I do that? And then you get a classic song. Right, right, right. You know, one of the uh, amazing things about uh, Respect and also just this entire list, and, and this is kind of how I spent the top 20, top 30 maybe, is it is, you know, some of these songs have been in the zeitgeist forever, right? And they're just, you know, sure. it, it expected and accepted. But I took the time to actually remove distraction and just sit and listen to a lot of this stuff on quality yep. speakers. And this song just screams man like it is just pure fury just like uh the like a perfect a perfect piece of of art you know and yep. and just sonically interesting like even even as much as just the you know the the riding tambourine is just so dominant and yep. just it's it's amazing it's truly amazing yeah and uh, I want to give David Moore uh, his flowers. Uh, David Moore is the co-host of, of this show. He couldn't join tonight. But he, uh, when I told him about what we were doing, he uh, sent me that I sent him a text that said, by the way, XPN's doing this thing. So this is back on like November 7th. This is a text he sent me. Uh, I said, uh, you know, you have to put in your, your votes. And he said, well, I missed it. Uh, sorry. I mean, we all picked the same number one, right? Respect. If not, the answer is respect. So he guessed the number one way back then. That would have been his number one. It was. He just didn't get to submit it. Um, but uh, but kudos to, to to David for that one. Um, he I had won the pool. He would have won it. He might have won. It. <laughs> um, but uh, I had a different Aretha Franklin song. Um, so here's what we're going to do. So uh, each one of us are going to share our top tens. We're going to highlight our number one another song of note in that list, and then maybe one that probably is a little bit left of, of field uh, that needs some explaining. Um, so uh, I guess I'll go first since we were just talking about that. So I'll bring up my list here. Um, and so what you can see here is this is my total top 10. Um, Cosmic Love by Florence and the Machine was number one for me. Why by Annie Lennox. Uh, the Mummer's Dance by Lorena McKennett. People noticed that I was wearing her shirt today. So I went with Think by Aretha Franklin. Uh, then Hollywood Love Song by Dirty Dollhouse. Uh, Last Day of Our Acquaintance by Sinead O'Connor, Clearest Blue by Churches, Alligator by Of Monsters and Men, Los Angeles by St. Vincent, and Black Parade by Beyonce, Queen Bee. So the, what my rationale was, so uh, very quickly, and in fact, Nate, you gave me the heads up on this because you were already sharing your list before I started and how challenging it was. And I was like, yeah, of course, this is going to be tough. So I actually just jotted down, I started from, you know, just the the let me think of anything that might make the list. And I just started to put those down and then whittle, whittle, whittle. And I just was like, wow, I can't get below like 25. <laughs> and so I had to finally come up with something that allowed me to just feel okay with cutting down to 10. And what I ultimately landed on, which was something that I just felt would put a, when the title of this is The Greatest Songs by Women, XPN defined that as the woman was the front 
person, like the, the person who sang the song. I needed something that was a little bit more to it. So all 10 of these are they wrote the song as well. Nice. So that to me was also an element to it was they needed to be for me to list it in the top 10 of the greatest songs by women was they were the writer and the singer. So that's how I was able to kind of get a little bit farther down that list, down to 10. Also, personal note, every single one of these 10 stopped time for me. And people who will listen to the show know that I'm seeking that. That's one of the reasons why I go to shows, why I seek out new music, is because the first time you hear a song that blows your socks off is some of the greatest feeling you can ever have. And you can't recreate it. Like sometimes that song can do it to you again and again, but there's nothing like that first time you heard it where you're just like, what is this? And time stops and you don't care about anything but listening and observing, especially if it's live. Um, but anytime you hear those songs, so all 10 of these did that for me. I went back and I could almost pinpoint the day I heard it for the very first time. So that's a good transition into Cosmic Love by Florence and the Machine. I can actually pinpoint the day it was like July... 31st or something like that because it was on believe it or not if anybody remembers the show so you think you can dance that used to be on for whatever reason florence and the machine performed live on that show not with dancers um and i just remember when it came on they she sang this song and it absolutely just froze me and i just loved it so here's a little bit of cosmic love song a falling star from your heart and landed in my eyes Must As it tore through the memory It's left me songs several that made the list this for me is always the greatest and it has harp as we've talked about <laughs> and it's on my shirt too some other people uh, uh tuning in here mentioning mummer's dance and mind-boggling that mummer's dance didn't make the list uh i agree with you all i stand in solidarity with lorena <laughs> mckinnett's excellence but um this was number one for me florence and the machine cosmic love most of my stuff did not make the list, so uh, I've, I've I've become at home with that. I've I've become accepting of it. Well, well, that was something I wanted to ask Phil. Was how how many of yours made it? Um, I did not do that math. Um, you you told us to do the math. And I know. You, I know, I, right? I, so I I, I the, the traffic coming home today was so bad. Damn the traffic, he said. I know. Uh, that, and that's yeah. That's, that's I've I've barely left the house in a week, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will definitely grab that together. But yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I can probably do it just off of anecdote. But uh, let me just grab it here and pull that list back up. I'm going to rely on Nate for a lot of this. I'm just going to turn to him and be like, Nate, fill me in. What number was blah? And, and he'll go. <laughs> um, see, if I didn't go first, I could have done it while you guys were all talking. <laughs> yeah, that was the. 
Your um, house, buddy. Your rules. Right, right, right. I'm pretty sure it's only like three, maybe four. Um, okay. But uh, but yeah. So there is. So this is like the greatest moment of, of music history, right here. I'm just kidding. I say that about most songs I love. Yeah. I mean, just incredible. Love love the the songwriting. Love the the vo the vocals. Um, and just blows me away every time. But uh, let's move. Who wants to go next, Dan or Nate? Nate, go for it. Nate. All right, I'll go. So um, let's bring up your list here. It's a lovely handwritten list with the pen and it's paper. It's not really. Right? It's not really. It's oh, actually. I know. Don't oh, know. Oh. They don't know. No, but I can't tell you how many messages I got of people like, your penmanship is so much better than mine. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that to you. I, can't I mean, I, I, I know full well you did not write those down. With, with <laughs> yeah, I did too, but I didn't want to do it. With your oh, human hands. Um, so my process here, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll run through them real quick and I'll tell you my process. All right. My number 10 uh, was Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing. Number nine, Tori Amos, Silent All These Years. Number eight, Ani DeFranco, Beth, Both Hands. Um, I, I couldn't uh, fit uh, putting in the Living in Clip version, but also <laughs> I knew that um, other people wouldn't vote specific version. Uh, number seven, Liz Fair, Six Foot One. Number six, my pal Nicole Atkins, maybe tonight. Number five, Fire Inc. Tonight is what it means to be young. Number four, Taylor Swift, All Too Well, 10-minute version, Taylor's version, shining moment of the of the uh of the uh right. countdown for you me. You might have come in first place with that one, yeah. Um, number three, Celine Dion, it's all coming back to me now, which was criminally excluded from this uh countdown. Uh, uh number two was Robin dancing on my own, and number one was the Ronettes Be My Baby. All right. Well, so we have a little bit of that here. So let's share some Ronettes. I mean, it's brilliant. Wall of sound, baby. Wall of sound. It's real good Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny because, uh, and then he kissed me is also on my um, uh, my elevens, my miss list. Um, but um, but no, man, like "Be My Baby" to me is without a doubt the most perfect pop song ever written. It's it's just it's it's so concise. It doesn't waste any time. It it, it grabs you right out out of the gate with the mm -hmm. uh, with the the kick and the snares. I mean, we're we're in it. And then once Ronnie Spector's voice comes in, who I only learned recently is actually singing the background vocals on this, like the rest of the Ronettes are not actually singing on the recording. It's all her. Um, it's just it's just incredible. It is the song that uh, uh, may have driven Brian Wilson crazy. Um, <laughs> if, if you read the anecdotes about how much he loved this song, like I, I think it was it was either uh, Carney or uh, 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 who's the other Wilson? We oh, not Wendy. Dennis? Um, no, uh, one of his daughters um, oh. <laughs> uh, said that um, uh, every morning they would wake up to the sound of the opening of Be My Baby. Um, I, I think it was uh, Mike Love was like, he probably has played me this song 10 million times, you know? Like, uh, but it's just, uh, and, and, and it's, it's the most criminal thing ever because i honestly thought this was a top 10 song like to me this is a top 10 song and uh what did it what did it come in like 42 i think uh is what what the, the i'll tell you in one second here i'm giving you your your your, your support from the <laughs> yeah. listeners here 
142, guys. Really? 142. So th- th- there are people who believe that there are 141 songs better than the greatest song ever made. Okay? So, how is that possible? It's, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know wow. math, and that's I would have. I mean, all, yeah, yeah. all hyperbole aside, I would have thought that that would would hit in the hot 100 at least. Like at it, least, if, at if least 99. Me, if if you had made me bet 20 bucks on it, I I would have I would have taken that action. I yeah. do have some uh, some update and actually breaking news. Uh, WXPN just informed us that Phil had two songs of his top 10 make the list. So, A, that's an update on that. B, WXPN is listening right now. What's well, up, hello. y'all? What's up, WXPN? Just a little, 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 little post-game action right yeah. here. Uh, we so can, uh... so the, the thought process behind most of my votes on here um, were, um, first of all, songs that absolutely move me and thrill me. But um, all of the placement was definitely done on purpose. So like Be My Baby came is number one because I think it's the best song ever written. Sure. Um, but also because I knew I, like there were songs that I left off that I'm like, well, you know, that doesn't need my vote. You know, at last doesn't need one more vote. Does it? Yeah. So like, uh, so I, you know, <laughs> it did so, actually, it came in sixth. So well, it, needed a yeah. couple. <laughs> it could have used a few more, but, <laughs> but what I was trying to do was essentially like, um, help out some ones that I thought should have higher placement. And then, um, some others, um, you know, had meaning and message behind them. Yep. And then like, you know, like one of my favorite albums of all time is, uh, by the co-stars. I don't know if you, uh, remember or, are familiar the co-stars were jill and viv from luscious jackson they had this oh. side project oh, and they cool. put one album out on um grand royal all right mm-hmm. called classics with a k they got a song with um gene and dean ween on it it's absolutely phenomenal oh God, sounds amazing it's one of my favorite yeah. albums of all time but i'm I not gonna to vote for it because yeah. nobody knows it right so like so like <laughs> there were things i took off that i Au like contraire i've there are at least two things on my list and i'm just like ain't no one voting for this i i did that as well but yeah. we'll, we'll get into that in a second that, yeah. that to me, that's the one that I had to explain. But go ahead. Uh, anything else, Nate? To, to no, but that's that's that, so that's just kind of the thought process behind sure. all of those uh, those placements and songs. Got it. Sure, sure, sure. And we're definitely going to come back to we have another kind of two waves through this. So Dan, let's go through your list here. Okay. So here we go. So the the thing I need to say about this list is the one at the top is my number one, and everything else do not a gun to my head. I couldn't uh, <laughs> I couldn't put so it. It's in one order. and then two. One and two times. Uh, yeah. Before even getting a list two, that image behind, uh, I took that picture. That is the amazing Philadelphia punk band Amanda X. Uh, I took that Nicely picture. Uh, I took that picture of them opening up for Ted Leo uh, many many years ago. Uh, such a killer band. I don't know how active they are anymore. I do see them pop up on marquees here and there. But Amanda X, Philly punk band, uh, get get in the know. They're amazing. Uh, but anyway, so my number one is Kate Bush's "Running Up That Hill," a deal with God. Uh, and then going forward, Hole uh, with Violet, The Breeders with Saints. Two other Breeder songs made the list. Saints did not. Uh, I, I was ready for that. Sure. Uh, Veruca Salt's Seether. Matter Rose's Panic On. That's the one that I'm like, ain't no one voting for this one. Uh, Betty Davis. Uh, if I'm lucky, I might get picked up. I went through a real Betty Davis renaissance over the last few years. Uh, Ani DeFranco, Western New York Queen, Out of Range. and uh, Vogue's Free Your Mind. Amy Mann's Calling It Quits. That was a tough one, picking an Amy Mann song. Uh, and Liz Fair's Supernova. Nate, you and I both had a Liz Fair song on there, and I was glad to see that they were different. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. So um, here, let me bring in a little bit of Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill, and you can talk over the top of that. Sure. 
so I'm just going to watch the video now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm mesmerized. <laughs> no, there's nothing quite like 80s like cinematography. Well, and for her, too, so much of her live performance when she was doing it, which was for a very short period of time uh, as a very young artist, was this full dance numbers and everything. She wanted to make a show. She didn't want to just go up with a band and sing at a mic uh, and, you know, kick around and flip her hair like, like Stevie Nicks. Ain't nothing wrong with that, but Kate Bush is an auteur and an artist all at the same time. And hearing the opening strains of that song, I'm a 43-year-old man, and the beginning of that song every freaking time just gets me. Sure. Every time. It's eerie. The, the the technology that we used to make it was incredibly specific to a time period, but still sounds timeless. I, I I can't explain it. And the point is proven by its inclusion in the final season of Stranger Things. Yep, and you know, here's even of, a comment of Stranger that, Things bump. Yes, absolutely. But that song, I will tell you, that song has lived in my brain rent-free since I was probably eight years old. Uh, it was on the radio. My father was a Peter Gabriel guy, so I was familiar with the voice of Kate Bush long before I ever knew who she was. But she's sure. on uh, she's on that one Peter Gabriel record. That was my entryway to Kate Bush as and well. And I just, yep. but her voice is so incredibly distinct. And then growing up in the Rochester, New York area, uh, WBER used to play Kate Bush a lot, and it just became part of me. There's also a Hold Steady song that's one of my absolute favorites called Hornets, Hornets. And he has a line about this song. And the line is, uh, she knew the words to running up that hill. That song got scratched into her soul. And he'd never heard the song before, but he sure got the metaphor. He knew some people would switch places before. Um, that song, all, that line also gives me goosebumps, but like it makes me think of the song. And uh, we're all better for it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, um, I mean, listen, it's, a, it's an amazing song. It's certainly worthy of being on anyone's number one on the top 10 list. Yeah. Uh, and my, my mindset, if we're, if we're talking about mindsets of having to decide, because uh, how do you decide 10? Um, I tend to go very much by the gut. I, I've done it every year that I've done the countdown. I try not to overthink it. The first year they did a countdown, me and my friends literally sat in a room with like, you know, beers in front of us and spent hours formulating our lists, trading sure. stuff back and forth. Uh, I've never done that again. It was far, it was, it was an enjoyable evening, but just far too much time to devote uh, to it. So I go from the gut and I went very much with songs that impacted me as a young man, songs that sure. songs and artists that just normalized, not even showed me that women could play music because that's, you don't, you shouldn't need to be shown that, no, right, uh, but right. songs that just normalized me, just the idea that, anyone could do this um, well that yeah 100 um that definitely went into um a the three song stretch on my list um that includes liz fair ani defranco and tori mm -hmm. amos because yeah. the three of them are the holy trinity of teaching me how to feel yeah. when, <laughs> when when i was an emotional like oh there's you know. a I, I said in the uh, email that like we, we've been having an email thread back between three of us over the last week right. or so. Uh, I, I said uh, there is a certain uh, a certain type of teenage male like myself and probably like Nate as well, who were radicalized the first time we heard sure. Tori Amos. We mm -hmm. were just like, oh, my God, I didn't I didn't know you could do mm -hmm. that. I didn't know I could respond to this. Because you have to remember, Silent All These Years came out like 
the, 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 the most played video on MTV was Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like, right. And I was the one guy who was going, I don't see what everyone has a problem with. Like, everyone else well, hated it. Me, they were like, I, are you kidding me? She's ruining it. And I'm like, I would just sat I, there and I was, was super cool. fixed by that song. Yeah. Like, uh, just by, by Silent All These Years. I remember the video. I remember, mm-hmm. and again, being a Kate Bush guy, I think it sort of lent me in the direction of Tori, who I don't think that they're, they're certainly not the same artist, but I no, think. No, no, no. Yeah, they're in the same. Like, yeah. Uh, I think. Tori Amos coming after Kate mm-hmm. Bush is not an accident. I no. think that Tori right. herself has admitted that she's highly influenced by, sure. yeah. by, by Kate Bush and a lot of other singers of that era as, as well. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, uh, a lot of us were, were radicalized. I want to catch up a little bit on the chat because we've got some great comments in here and I want to keep encouraging people to do it. So Amanda had shared, uh, I just went with pure favorites, screw anything else or what is considered best. That's there kind of what go. we all were That's saying as well. Point. Yep. Um, I don't bit. know if she'll share it in the chat or not, but Amanda had a really strong list too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Share it, Amanda. We'll pull up. Um, uh, this was a good one from Ross. He was saying because I was talking about before that whole stop time moment uh, wasn't live for him. It was uh, uh, the first time he had heard Lauren Mayberry's voice on the Mother We Share, uh, and also another brutal snub there. Um, I'm not familiar with that song, but now I have to go find out. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then what else did we, oh, here, this was a good one. We want to make sure that, uh, the, uh, ex-Bellennials, uh, are trolling Nate by listening on the, your next favorite band feed, not the, uh, yo, that's my John feed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. Uh, that's, that's good. No, phenomenal. Every, I, I was directing everybody, uh, to your feed. Phil. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, oh, and, and Ross apparently saying he's chopped liver. No, you're not. Your list was all right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ross's list also had both hands. It was uh, all right, he said. Well uh, all right, so round two, what we're going to do is just highlight another song we want to highlight. Um, so again, here's my list just pulling up on the screen there. The one I want to highlight second um, is actually from Beyonce and, and Black Parade. Um, this, uh, this may not be what most people would think of uh, as, a, as one that someone might put in this list, but uh, take a listen to Black Parade by Beyonce. I'm going back, 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 back when my roots ain't watered down. Growing, growing like a bob bob tree of life on fertile ground. Ancestor put me on game. Long time on gold chains with my old shoon in a jail. Drip all on me. Uncle, I just should keep it. Obviously, the first rule of this list would be it has to be a killer track. <laughs> which this is but then after that in order to get to a top 10 of something this it has to have something special so um this has a lot of other elements to the outside of the song that i really really like in the story so like obviously i have a podcast where i bring on musicians and i want them to tell a story of a song and uh so beyonce if you ever want to come on and talk uh, on, on your next favorite band uh, i'll change the name of the show uh but uh what this song has is, for one, it was dropped uh, completely unannounced on Juneteenth. Um, it's unapologetically celebrating blackness and being genuine in who she is and celebrating all of that. And then I think the other element that maybe not everybody knows is um, all of the proceeds that are from this song go to supporting uh, black-owned small businesses. So I just think all of that just speaks to the greatness. And so if we're talking about the greatest songs by women, this is someone out there who is just putting out there 
their excellence in so in every way possible in this song and i just think that's amazing absolutely you know um uh first of all sh <clears throat> shout out to bianc um because wxpn's um <laughs> radio feed has an issue with accent marks and it will drop that letter so it's just a b-y-o-n-c bianc mm -hmm. but um but uh but uh beyonce made an amazing appearance uh on on the list this year uh seven songs uh from beyonce including um two of my favorite songs of hers are um hold up which made it at number 659 which is an absolutely incredible song and um one of the greatest um uh, single uh, 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 modulations in song of all time love on top came in at 434 um the outro of love on top is just absolutely incredible and amazes me every time every time i hear it um uh, but just a just a, a generational talent uh, in beyonce and uh black parade is absolutely deserving to have made this list yeah Sorry, I wasn't really paying attention to it. I was listening to it. That's good. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I was listening. I'm, I'm married. I know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just love this song. I know nothing about this song. So if I'll you want to do yourself a favor. I like it. Uh, but like I, I am acquainted with probably just like the top 2% of, sure, sure, of sure. Beyonce's catalog. And I know... I mean, I was a Destiny's Child guy uh, sure. back in the day, but uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. more I the more I get surprised by tunes. This happens to me a lot. Something will be on. I'll be out in the world and I'll hear something, and it'll be like this. I'll hear great vocal stacking, like like we're hearing right now, and I'll be like, "Oh, this is awesome! Who is this?" And someone just turns to me and goes, "Beyonce, you idiot!" And I'm like, <laughs> well, "That is the correct. That's the correct response to give me, Beyonce, you idiot." <laughs> so um, if you want to do yourself a favor, Dan and anybody else who maybe hasn't seen it yet, um, go to YouTube, look up Black Parade, and then there is versions of it that have these incredible choreography and dance that supports it. Um, and it's just, uh, again, it's just excellence on display and it's just so great to see it. So, um, that was the other one I wanted to highlight because of all the great stuff there. So, uh, Nate, before we go into your next one, um, uh, Amanda did share her list. So here's her first wave, uh, and Portis forgive me if I have so this in backwards order. Yeah. So, so close for me. It didn't, it didn't happen. And I had to leave Bjork off as well. Oh man. Yeah, so Bjork, Bachelorette, Portishead, Glory Box, Paramore, Misery Business, Evanescence, Bring Me to Life, The Joy, Formidable, Whirring, Poe, Haunted, love that song. Oh my gosh. That's, I love that whole album. That's an um, early concert for me too, Poe. Poe at the yeah. Water Street Music Hall in Rochester. And this is, I hope this is the second half of this. I hope I'm not doing it backwards. Uh, Gold Frap, Utopia, Sibamato, Spoon, another great song. Uh, Bat for Lashes, What's a Girl to Do, Concrete Blonde, Bloodletting. I'm a bigger Ooh. fan of uh, Tomorrow Wendy, but excellent. Uh, Concrete Blonde was also a big snub for the whole thing. I'm a big fan of Still in Hollywood as well. Like that that whole Still in Hollywood record uh, for Concrete Blonde is, is a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, uh, Ross, we're going to get to your list after we do Nate because we'll just keep this rolling here. So, Nate, give us your next one you wanted to feature. Yeah. So, the thing I wanted to feature um, was your list again. Thank you. Was uh, uh, actually two because they kind of go together, and that's number three, Celine Dion. It's all coming back to me now, which mm -hmm. was snubbed. Yep. And uh, Fire Inc. Tonight is what it means to be young. Well, I have oh, Celine for you. Okay. Good. Perfect. Um, um, yeah, so uh, um, uh, these are just um, two songs, and I, I, look, I, I, I'll take. Well, I'll wait, take... 
I had uh, so tell me which one you want. So I do have backwards? all too well, and I have Celine. Oh, I'll do. Uh, I might have did it backwards. What was? <laughs> this is just another one of note that you wanted to mention. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I think so this is Taylor actually. Yeah, so let's do Taylor. Yeah, um, as long as she doesn't uh, shut down my stream. With I was going to say the, let's the get the copyright copy. bots. If uh, if you hear me cut the song out, it's because <laughs> the robots they <laughs> the, found the us. robots are swarming. It's uh, like so, yeah, in the it's all too well. It is version, actually very much. Ten version, Taylor's version, all these versions. Keep saying it. <laughs> Um, I'd like how fast this happens. I'd like to point out that um, uh, the music video for this features uh, the young actress who played um, Max in Stranger Things, who floated up in the sky to running up that hill uh, by Kate Bush. Just kind how about of that fire. for a tie-in. Tie-in. Tie talk yeah. over it. We have a better chance of. Yeah, uh, that's what I was trying robots. to do. We'll befuddle, befuddle the robots. Yes. Um, so I wanted to talk about this one because, um, first of all, this was the the song that uh, on my list that ranked highest um, that, uh, of, of songs that actually appeared. Uh, this came in at number 39. It should have been number 13. My Swifties out there know what I'm talking about. But anyway, <laughs> um, the reason I wanted to talk about it is why it's on my list. All right, because I look at the, the Taylor versions of songs and her albums and stuff like that as one of the most empowering things um, that has happened in a very long time. This is um, some, <laughs> I see what you're doing now. <laughs> um, this, I've been dying to try that the whole time. This is someone, and it was awesome, uh, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, this is someone who essentially did the I'm reclaiming my masters without bringing back the masters and just re-recorded everything with her touring band. So it sounds exactly as it did on the original recording. And um, in, in a lot of regards, um, has even uh, sold more copies than the original the original go around on some of these um, and some of the streams on some of the songs charted higher than they did uh, when they were originally released and this song to me um, would not exist without the Taylor versions so I, I like to look at this as kind of the encapsulation of that entire Taylor version project sure. so 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 you know it's not just the song which is also, <laughs> and an incredible um, takedown of Jake Gyllenhaal. We, we all know who it's about, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, <laughs> right. uh, our generation's Warren Beatty of... Uh, uh, <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, right? So, like... <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, so, uh, and, and I was very, very specific of where this went on my list because I needed it to place and I needed it to place high and me and I saw so many people out there. And of course, all my, all my XB Zennial, uh, pals, we were all pulling for all too well to make it. And when it came on in the, uh, uh, uh in the countdown today, um, my God, the boomer tears they tasted so sweet. <laughs> this is perfect. So uh, Ross uh, threw this out there. The coalescence around Tay-Tay was also a direct revolt by the younger generation against our boomer parents who think their pop music was better than our pop music. That's it's amazing. So true. It's so true. <laughs> it's and, so perfect. And like, you know, it's weird to me um, how much people hate pop music um, and, and in turn hate Taylor Swift, uh, completely. And so, um, I'm so happy to see, um, not just this song, but so many songs she was, you know, you put the list up there of, uh, uh top artists. I think she came in with 10, yeah. um, and like, uh, some surprises in there for me because I, you know, right. 
I didn't know, I didn't know that we had it in us, but boy, am I so happy um, that we're, you know, I, I like to say the kids are all right. Um, well, but look, look who she shares. Look who she shares that that ten designation yep. with the, the the Big Ten is Brandy, obviously Linda Rodstant. You know, talk about yep. uh, a, a massive legacy talent right there, Patty, and Tori. Yep. So yeah. that that that's some pretty pretty damn good company right yeah. there to be in, and for an artist who has existed a, a fraction of the amount as any one of those other artists yep. right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like Beyonce. Know very little about Taylor Swift, other than what friends of mine who are super into Taylor Swift tell me about. Um, but I have found that the fandom culture <laughs> surrounded the the rabid fandom culture surrounded uh, Taylor Swift uh, reminds me of the uh, also enthusiastic uh, fan culture of bands like Fish and the Grateful Dead. So uh, you know, you find your thing and you go with it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah. All right, so before we get into yours, Dan, <clears throat> let's get to Ross's top 10, like, since it kind of fits with uh, what we were just talking about. His number one was Taylor Swift, All Too Well, 10-minute version, Taylor's version. Uh, number two, Mazzy Star, Fade Into You, wonderful song. That'd be up there for me, too. Played in my wedding uh, when we walked out. Uh, three, Carly Rae Jepsen, or walked in, processional, recessional, whatever it was. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, uh, Run Away With Me. Four, Paramore, Misery Business. Uh, hold, please. These things get split. Uh, five, Mitski. Huge fan of this song. This was in my next. In, in my, uh, Nate calls them the 11s. I call it the next 10. So yeah, Mitski, uh, your best American girl is wonderful. Six churches, uh, the mother we share, which churches was in my top 10 with a different track. Uh, seven uh, sneaker pimps with six underground. Eight Marion Hill down. Nine Ani DeFranco both hands, and then number 10 snuck to a different thing. Always. I love that Artsy you marry me. I love that you picked Marion Hill uh, there because I, I had them on the program uh, not not long ago, mm -hmm. uh, and I was not super familiar with their music outside of a couple of their big kind of breakout tunes, uh, and it was remarkable to talk to both of them about how you know how they put the songs together and how they've worked together, how they've sort of navigated the business because they came up in an era of MP3 blogs where you could get a decent amount of clout without having really played a ton of shows now they would of course go on to play tons and tons of shows but that was a very interesting point of the conversation uh and i'm just trying to bring it back as a plug for my show <laughs> as as it should um and yeah people should like and subscribe dan's show uh terry thank you for sharing your list we're going to get to it right after this so dan which song did you want to highlight next uh, uh did i give you the matter rose yes matter rose uh, is next panic on so a little explanation yes well, let, let's hear it yeah let's play is, some of it and then i'll, I'll bring you in song is killer is a great song. Do you remember this from back yes. in the day? Totally. Kind of had okay. forgotten it, put, found it because it was on your list and you had picked it. And it brought me right back to basically 19-year-old, not sure if he wants to be grungy, not sure if he wants to be emo, not sure if he wants to yeah. be, you know, probably hungover, walking to class in college. Phil. And uh, and, and this was this was the sound going on and scratching the, the, the synapses of my brain. When, uh, so every decade gets tried... They, we try and pin it down into a sound. But really what I think it is, this is a sound for you. And to me, 
There are many sounds of the 1990s. And this particular kind of music right here, this washy, arty music with uh, just really great female vocals. I could name tons of bands. And as you see on my list, like I very much am living in the 90s, particularly kind of the early part of the 90s. Sure. Matter Rose were a band from New York City. Uh, the front woman, her name is Mary Lorson. Uh, she eventually found herself in the Ithaca area and was teaching English at a high school. I met a kid later who had, that was his English teacher, was Mrs. Lorson, uh, who used to do some really killer poetry units, apparently. Um, another member of this band, uh, was why am i blanking on him he he had a rockabilly band called speedball baby and he would also be in john spencer's heavy trash matt verderay that is his name uh i got to mm. interview him back in the day when i was first getting into interviewing bands for publications uh i had an hour-long phone call with matt verderay who was an amazing dude and said things to me as an artist that i still think of to this day but now the, the guitar gets grungier, you get a little Marshall stack in there. Um, right, right. To me, this is the 90s. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. And I first encountered this band on WBER in Rochester, New York. They used to do a great program called Music Mass. So if somebody was coming through town, uh, they would play like an hour of their, just them. Uh, of them, just to great kind of get, get, you hype, yep. get you hype for the band. They paired Matter Rose in with the same hour of Hole because Matter Rose was supporting Hole on that tour. And I had tuned in, I had my cassette ready for Hole, but I ended up taping the entire Matter Rose section as well. And then for a while, that was the only Matter Rose music I had, was what I had taped off the radio in 1994. Um, and this song I always remember, but I didn't know names of songs. Sure, no, right, uh, yeah, that's the thing. You Records or anything No like Shazam, that. no internet. Like you just had to go like, I like this song, what is it? Yep. I have no idea. Yep. Later when I got up college radio and I found these CDs kicking around, I was able to piece them together. And I think mm -hmm. I probably own a decent sized Matter Rose collection. They, yeah. they made a handful of records. And well, I do remember they had the, uh, you know, the, what, eponymous, what is the word when you name a song after yourself? Like, eponymous. eponymous. That's the one. I can never say the word. But they had Rose Matter and it was yep. just like, I kind of blew my mind. I'm like, you wrote a song about yourself. It was great. So uh, yep. anyway, um, thank you for that. That was such a trip down memory lane. I know, right? I, um, I still listen to also, it. Also, lots yeah. of support here for the choice of Marion uh, Hill. So uh, so there's some good stuff there for you uh, as well. Uh, we have uh, another uh, listener list here. Let's let's look at this one. This one's from Aunt Tiwi. Uh, Aunt Tiwi was, uh, the uh, yeah, there you go, Nate. You, you personally recruited them to, to join today. So here's their list. Uh, number one for them was uh, Patsy Cline walking after midnight. Uh, two, Tedeschi Trucks, uh, Midnight in Harlem, a lot of Midnight. Uh, three, Sister Rosetta Tharp, uh, Didn't It Rain? Four, The Staples Singer, I'll Take You There. Uh, five was Aretha with Think, that was where the one was on mine. Uh, six, Etta James in the Basement. Uh, and then let's move on here. Number seven was uh, Loretta Lynn, You Ain't Woman Enough. Eight was Janice with Peace of My Heart. Nine, Bonnie Raitt, Angel from Montgomery, which made that top ten. Yeah. Uh, and then ten was Lucinda Williams with Drunken Angel. So thank you for submitting that. That's a great yeah. list. I, I want to say Other something. people are submitting too, but we'll keep uh, kind of staggering it. If people want to put that in there, that's wonderful. 
I want to say something about peace of my heart because that was another one that like you know is Take ubiquitous it, and and you know like <laughs> and uh um you know I've heard it 10 million times or whatever. Oh my god, this I just heard about there it is. All right, it went. Did you see my little thumbs up thing? Let's see if I can do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's super oh. weird. If there's something else you do that makes balloons happen, I don't know what it is yeah. yet, but when it happens, it's hilarious because it could be the most inappropriate moment. <laughs> It's it's something that Apple did in their iOS, and I yeah. haven't figured out how to turn it off yet. But anyway, right. um, so uh, <laughs> so peace of my heart came on today, and it was another one of those songs that I've heard ten million times in my life. But I actually was like, let me just sit down and just live this. And again, Janice gets all the way in that ass. Like it is just like <laughs> she just she one hundred percent leaves nothing left on the bone man she absolutely slays (laughs) thank you thank you absolutely (laughs) slays that uh, track it's it's incredible 100 100 yeah absolutely um so now we move into the realm of uh like the, the, the each one of us had at least one song on our top 10 that was like huh um and need a little bit of explanation um so mine was a song called hollywood love song um by Dirty Dollhouse. Uh, and there's going to be two decent elements to this explanation, one musically and one personally. Um, but for those of you who don't know it, uh, let's just play it a little bit here and then uh, we'll get into it. Do you remember when you were in love with another? Cause I don't remember anyone other than you Do you pretend to have known at the moment like I do? Cause I can't imagine anything better than you Pick me up after People who do listen to the show know how big a fan I am of Chelsea Mitchell, lead singer of Dirty Dollhouse. Um, but those of you who don't know or don't know this particular song, Chelsea Mitchell, lead singer, Dirty Dollhouse, um, from Newtown, Pennsylvania. What you're seeing in this video is her vinyl and used bookshop. Uh, and uh, she has this stunningly amazing voice and uh, absolutely terrific songwriting. Um, and uh, I just think this song, the, the world of the song, many other ones as well, but this one in particular just sounds like something that could have come from just about any decade of this century at last. Absolutely. And um, uh, like I said, uh, shout out to Newtown Books and Record Exchange. I just want to say that on Record Store Day, that's where I went. Oh, nice. Um, and there was a line around the block. I think Good I ended up at like number 128 or something like that, because that was the uh, look at me tying it all together. That was when the um, Taylor Swift uh, release <laughs> dropped. The Taylor version. Yeah. And uh, just to tie it also to WXPN, that is also when I missed out on getting a copy of WXPN Homegrown because oh, no. all of the Swifties took all of them. So thanks for that, Taylor. Yeah. And Chelsea, a unapologetic massive Swifty fan. Yes, yeah. Um, but does not write that music herself. She writes this, this just hauntingly, amazingly beautiful. Who is uh, the guy in this video? Is that August? It is. <sighs> yeah. It took me, I August and I go way back. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, August Lutz, uh, 
was the uh, frontman for a band called the Levy Drivers. Okay. Uh, not, not to take this away from the focus sure. of, of, of Chelsea and Dirty Dollhouse, but I, I stared at the back of his shirt. I, go, I know that dude. August, <laughs> well, what's up, dude? Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I find her voice to sound like if, if Roy Orbison and Joni Mitchell had a child and just so happens her last name is Mitchell, it's like maybe it's just too perfect to be true. Got some real David Lynch vibes through right here. Like David Lynch would like this song. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And the other people who know me know that I I never stop one of her songs. We're gonna listen to the whole thing and we can just keep chatting. But <laughs> no complaints here. Um, also, um, um, I believe getting uh, re-released on vinyl or just got yes, re-released on just vinyl. Just got re-released. So she has. Yeah. So yeah. So um, she just got recently picked up by a, a record company who re-released her vinyl child and coyote uh albums um, re-released them on vinyl and then she has brand new music that'll come out next year um and uh super looking forward to it um and then the other thing that i had said the personal reason why this would have made my top 10 list is again i talked about my wedding a little bit ago uh that we played uh, uh, fade into you on the way in. Uh, that was played right after we exchanged our vows. Was Hollywood love song? So there's that reason as well. And, so I'll be uh, a snappy romantic <laughs> for a moment, but uh, yeah. but yes, uh, love that song. Um, and and much uh, like pretty much the rest of her catalog as well. But that particular song stands out. And that video directed by none other than uh, Philadelphia music video auteur Bob Sweeney, who has lent his name and talent to many an excellent music video and film made by artists in the Philadelphia area. Shout out to Bob Sweeney. <laughs> Shout out to Bob Sweeney. And uh, Aunt Tiwi seems like she liked uh, a little Dirty Dollhouse there. So uh, that's the whole point of the show. Hopefully it's your next favorite band as, a, as, a, as, the, as the expression goes. Um, so, I love it. it's, like when in, it's like in the movies when they say the title of the movie and you go, hey, that's the thing. <laughs> That's, ah, that's how it got there. <laughs> um, Nate, which was the track that you uh, or uh, had uh, wanted to maybe provide some explanation around? Right. So, um, so the two songs, uh, uh, Celine Dion, which you have. Um, that's the one I uh, have for you, yeah. And then also Fire Inc., um, Tonight is What It Means to Be Young. Both of these songs are written by Jim Steinman, who wrote um, Bad Out, all the Bad Out of Hell stuff for Meatloaf. Um, and um, a host of other uh, other things. Um, I am a 100% unapologetic fan of that man's work. Um, sure. I, I've, I've, I've made it. Yeah. I've 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 a long time and 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 uh, I've a long time said that if you ever hear a song and it sounds like thunder or a motorcycle starting out musically, <laughs> Jim Steinman probably has his hand in it. Um, and and these two songs um, uh, fit that marquee one hundred percent. So let's play Celine some. Uh, it's all coming back to me now by Celine Dion, and then we can chat about it. Oh, that's, you there you go. <laughs> that thunder there it is here it comes i mean again we should probably if we made it through beyonce and taylor without copyright strikes i think Don't we can survive. There were nights oh. When the wind oh was it's so, so good <laughs> look all right uh, uh first of all let me own it i'm a theater kid all right 100% a theater kid, and nobody does theatrical music like Jim Steinman, um, which is what's amazing is that I've never actually seen any of his musical work um, uh, it, because uh, I just don't know that I'd be able to contain it. But there is, if if you go look for it, there is an unreleased Batman musical that he wrote. I was going to ask that exact question. Yes, I I have a story about that. But okay. Um, but um, the... Um, 
Not only does he write these epic songs, but he he comes up with these incredible titles that usually go on way too long and is and <laughs> include like uh, parentheses yeah, is, and ellipses. Yeah. Um. And uh, uh. So one of the songs from the Batman soundtrack is um, uh, in uh, in the land of the pig, the butcher is king, I believe. Um. So like, like, come on, Jim. But anyway, so this song and uh, Fire Inks, uh, Tonight is What It Means to Be Young. If, if For those of you who don't know what uh, Tonight is What It Means to Be Young is, um, if you've ever seen the Walter Hill film Streets of Fire starring Michael Pere, mm-hmm. um, it is one of Ellen Ames' uh, songs that she sings, uh, Diane Lane's character. Um, and uh, if you uh, just want to hear what that sounds like, if you jump on over to the Yo, That's My John channel, you can you can see your friend there it goes the, there it goes the thumbs up again now i'm not going to be able to get it there it goes um <laughs> you if you go to the yo that's my john uh, youtube channel you can watch your pal nate uh do an acoustic cover of tonight is what it means to be young um jim steinman uh was a fan of wagner and wrote uh wagnerian uh pop songs and amanda um, says inject the jim steinman drums um, and uh, one other Jim Steinman song, which did actually make the countdown um, that I would be remiss if I did not mention. Number 297, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart by Jim Steinman. Oh, yeah, I could totally hear that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for introducing me to that. The thing about this particular Celine song, because uh, I grew up in the era of, of Celine on, on the radio everywhere, and growing up near Canada means that we were introduced to her probably maybe a year a little earlier than the rest of the world because she was a Montreal, like French Canadian pop princess. Sure. Uh, before she became the global pop queen that, that she would. But the lead into the chorus, that slow down on the piano, the, which completely leaves the meter for, for a minute and goes back in, is one of the most brilliant things you can do before a chorus. It is a, it is a, it, it, it's a tool that not anyone can wield. But Jim, Jim Steinem does it on multiple songs, and he just every time he does it, you're just like, I know this is one of your tricks. <laughs> this has got to be Nate's favorite part right here. It's, I, I, I played, I, I DJ, um, and I DJed this for a wedding one time, and I don't know that I've ever seen an entire dance floor of so many different people singing along with their, with singing along with their heart feels. All right. It's, it's all coming back to me now. Like, and it just builds. And it builds. Oh, do you feel it, people? Do you feel the love of it's all coming back to me now? Nate, didn't you do the dance number for this? <laughs> here comes, no, here comes the best Here it is. Yep. Here we go. Look, and, and flipping brilliant. Not only does not only does he wield that pause and the build up, but when you're doing it and you have a paintbrush that is the vocal talents of Celine Dion, Absolutely. my God, there is there is there is nothing nothing you can't do. That's and exactly I will, right. I should also say that this is the song that broke up uh, Meatloaf and Jim Steinman because Jim didn't want Meatloaf to do a cover of it, and then Meat threw it on his um uh, I think he called it that free, but uh, but Jim wasn't involved in it, and that was what um, separated them for a very long time well you can't fly that close to the sun mate that's, right. that's exactly right not to speak not to speak ill of, of of the past but you know he he should have he should have respected the wishes and i i was gonna put to your point right there because like we, we are talking about great songs by women performed by women 
two of Steinem's biggest hits are performed by two of probably the best vocalists to ever exist in, in Western pop music. Uh, and there's no mistake. He writes great songs, but if you don't have, if, if you don't have someone to sell them, then, uh, cause he wrote some great songs for meatloaf that I think have gone better when other people have done them and no shade on, no shade on the, 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 the late meatloaf a day, but, um, you got to sell it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so someone here wanted to know how you did on your list, Nate. How did it fare in the, and do you have your, how? It yeah. Did? So I banged out eight of my 10 made wow. the list. Eight of my 10. The only two that didn't were the two Jim Steinman tracks, but everything else, <laughs> everything a, else made that it. That is a travesty. I'm sure they came in 886 and 886. So, so, so what was the Celine song that went? Was it, was it My Heart Will Go On? Was My Heart Will Go On was on. And what was also, the other one? Um, Tons of um, them. Uh, oh, God. It's right on the tip of my tongue. And by the tip of my tongue, I mean I'm pulling up. It's on, the, <laughs> on my I'm pulling, phone. I'm pulling up Drew's sheet. Oh, Power of Love. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's it's odd we did not see more Celine representation on. Do yeah. you think it's because... Steinman's no way. Yeah. Why did I not know that? I knew that, actually, because I'm not a big Sisters of Mercy fan, but one of my best friends in high school was, uh, much to our annoyance. And uh, <laughs> I have a lot of information about the Sisters of Mercy in my brain and have come to, like aspects of them more later um who am i to talk i'm a fish fan so like you know all right so bruce warren's uh, uh is uh, flexing he said that all of his made the list and his number one was the number one so well i think there's a little bit of a the call is coming from inside the house yeah right there, bruce. Like, somebody, somebody I mean, put a thumb on the scale i don't i mean bruce I, I i wouldn't be like telling everyone that because we're all gonna look at that immediately as suspect i'm i'm suspect I, I had all the faith in the world. I don't know if I don't know if you if you saw it or if he wants to post it, but uh, Bruce is another person who had a very strong list, including. Um, oh, I have it right things. here. You got it. Yeah. yeah, this is Bruce's list right here. Aretha Franklin, respect. Patty Smith, glory and excel. She's Deo. Uh, Carol King, it's too late. Joan Jett, I love rock and roll. Alanis Morissette, you ought to know. Beyonce, Single Ladies, The Supreme, Stop in the Name of Love, Adele, Rolling in the Deep, Lord, Royals, and Madonna Like a Prayer. The, um, the list. The, the Supremes were uh, one who I feel like uh, really got hosed on this list, but mostly because so many of their songs are brilliant that it diluted the vote, vote pool for them. So, so <laughs> many of them like ended up high in high numbers, but not because they're not absolutely stellar songs. I was laughing because Bruce wrote in. I said, "No thumb on the scale." <laughs> <laughs> I me 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 thinks the Bruce doth protest. Too. No, of course not. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce needs to tell us what number eight eighty six was and why it, it definitely was, was Steinman Steinman yeah. country. Um, <laughs> all right, so Dan, uh, yeah. what was the one you wanted to kind of give a little explanation? Uh, did I give you En Vogue for that it one? It was En Vogue. Yes. So uh, we have a uh, free your mind by in vogue. Anything you want to do beforehand or let it rip? Um, just, it was actually hard to pick it. I, I knew in vogue had to be on my list because before I became a kid who was into rock music and punk music and indie music and become the bearded glasses, glasses snob that I am today, I was just listening to what was ever on top 40 radio. Um, and, and vogue was, was big and, yeah. I have a lot of songs by En Vogue I like, but I picked this one because I absolutely love the uh, guitar stab on it, and you'll you'll, sure. you'll hear it. Yeah, here we go for your mind, En Vogue. Oh, 
Prejudice. Wrote a song about it. Like to hear it? Here you go. Free your mind. And the cowbell. Yeah, this is like R&B pop meeting that little bit of a filthy guitar. It's almost living color uh, is, is what it is. Yeah, it's in that same zip code. The, the, the squeal in the back is, is 100% has to be an homage to Prince. Like, it, it can't not be. Um, this song, if you listen to the lyrics about it as it goes on, uh, is some really powerful, really in-your-face stuff to be singing about, especially by a pop group, a pop group of, of black women. Uh, all completely over my head when I was a kid. I just thought this song kicked ass. Sure. Um, and that was the nice part about the accessibility of it was it showed you that you, anything else was going to be taught. Yeah. Like here comes the hook. Yeah. This this whole record is front to back classic um and it's got my my second favorite en vogue song which is the never gonna get it song which almost ended up on there that also has a great great uh like arrangement to it as well but they were like like i said before i before i became the snob uh that that i am today uh this was what was on the radio in the car and this song particularly just took me as a kid as did the, the the whole group Therefore, laying the groundwork for later when a Destiny's Child would come out, just again, a group, a group of people singing together. It's something I, I bemoan sometimes in the R&B and hip hop world as time has gone on is we've kind of done away with groups. It's always this person featuring this person and this person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I miss the group, which is why some of my favorite hip hop artists are groups de la soul tribe called quest diggable planets arrested development jurassic five like uh salt and pepper are a group you know and, uh and r&b groups were a group multiple singers harmonizing uh i think en vogue is like them swv mm-hmm. at the time as well totally. um yeah. we don't live in that world as much anymore right now but i really do miss the the groups because it, it's a throwback to the 60s the 50s and 60s motown sure. uh original motor city soul you know yep, yep. but i i love mm-hmm. i love that tune and it seems out of left field for me uh which is why i feel like it needed a no it was a little bit of and actually is a great so i wanted to provide this slight tangent here it's holiday themed and it actually is gonna the doorway to it is free your mind by in vogue um did everybody watch the macy's thanksgiving day parade i did i caught okay. a bit of it yeah so it's been a tradition for me and my family since I was young, and I've carried it through to this family, like as, an, as now that I'm the parent, um, and we watch it. And this year, I was particularly thrown off by a few moments where I just went, I don't understand what's happening right now. Um, and one of them, actually, it starts with En Vogue. So actually, this is a video of En Vogue. I saw the En Vogue part, yeah. Yeah, so here's... Girl groups of all time here so here's to Vogue clear out our heads Kalahari with their mega hit Free Your Mind. Please welcome Free Your Mind. En Vogue. And the weirdest part is they don't let them say the word prostitute. Yeah. Good 
good scratch there, right? I mean, that was on the radio in, when it came out. Like, I don't understand. Like, it Does wasn't any- a filthy word. It was anyway. It's a real was- word. It's 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 not like using a pejorative slang or some right. sort of misogynistic term for it. Does also, anybody else uh, respect that um, uh, Dawn was like, no thanks? <laughs> oh, I but, but I think I was super, super thrown off by, okay, it's Thanksgiving morning. You're now throwing at me the Kalahari float with Unvogue singing for your mind. None of that seems to connect. I don't think... And that's always my biggest problem with the floats. I think was what they like, do is they just jumble it all up in a hat and right. they add it together. And right. Vogue is on the elephant float. Why? I don't know. And Vogue, elephant. They start with then, E. Off we go. Sure. So that was like the... Again, now that was like, all right, I guess like family's planning for a winter vacation. They might go there and someone might remember And Vogue was cool to the point of what you were just saying. Then it started to get weirder. So then the <laughs> next thing was we had Chicago on the Wonder Bread float. No, that makes sense. It's 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 all white. Um, <laughs> but yes, but that, that was just like, okay, what is about like this is not making me buy more Wonder Bread. And again, I fail to see the connection of Thanksgiving bread and Chicago. Um, and then we really went into uh, you know left field with uh, this was Belle Biv DeVoe on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles float. <laughs> See that one makes sense to me. No, I'm I, like, I, I, I can singing buy that poison. More. I just what well, was this ooze, even trying ooze to is poison. It's, you, you, you've, you've got to reach for it, Phil, but it's it's there. Yikes. Anyway, I Phil, was just like, thank goodness my children are not young anymore. Phil, um, so as somebody who watched uh, the Thanksgiving Day Parade, were you as insulted as I was watching uh, Jimmy Fallon front the roots to sing the Ramones? Because yes. like that sentence right there. I don't like anything about that. I mean, I like Roots. <laughs> I'd rather like watch Belle Biv DeVoe with Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I'd rather watch but... Belle Biv DeVoe do the Ramones. I think they do a great job. That would be great. I have but, no. See, that's I, why they're missing no out. I have no beef with Jimmy Fallon, but like, come on. Actually, dude, put he's, Fallon he's with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would make sense. It's all New York City. Give so him anyway. the elephant. Maybe the elephant falls on him. I don't know. That's okay. why they cut prostitute. Giuliani got rid of the prostitutes a long time ago. No one knows what that word means anymore. They don't <laughs> exist in New York anymore. Um, but anyway, um, I guess uh, we're getting towards the end of the list here for us. Um, I kind of thought it would be fun to play one more song. Uh, and again, it, it speaks to uh, what we were kind of talking about before, about what scratches uh, you know, the, the itch in all of our heads here, is that 90s kind of grungy sound. So I thought it was fair... Uh, <laughs> that the uh, two of you both had Liz Fair on your list. Um, and I actually had on my 11s or next 10 uh, a totally different one. So, Nate, you had uh, Six Foot One. Uh, I would have had Uncle Alvarez. Is oh, one, that's my favorite one. song by her. Um, but, uh, but, Dan, you had Supernova. So here's some Supernova by Liz Fair, which uh, I just think is a killer track. While we let this kind of chill there in the background, oh, so people... Chicago indie rock right here. It's Absolutely. Like, oh my gosh. And like, yeah, you can see where the rat boys come from. 
just listening to this. Yeah. I, I don't know if this video, no, it's it's the video for Jealousy, which I went back and forth between Supernova and Jealousy as being my Liz Fair pick. I knew it had to be on there, and I knew it had to be from Whip Smart and not Exile. I know right. Exile is the more lauded of the record of hers, and it's a great record, but Whip Smart's the first record by her I ever heard, and this is the first song I ever heard by her. So, But I think that, that album with Uncle Alvarez is perfect white, front to back. White Chocolate Space Egg yeah. is a great, great record. Um, yeah. And she she did not get a fair shake after that point uh, when she tried to go a little poppier and go on a little bit of the Sheryl Crow route. Uh, and she got, you know, kicked out by the indie snobs, but then not really accepted by the pop world. So uh, she found herself in the middle. But her book is excellent. I picked it up last year uh, at a bookstore and have, have read it uh, all about just her and the career and the life she had in music. Uh, ain't nothing ain't nothing come easy. Uh, but... <laughs> She yeah. was uh, she was a major major crush of mine. Like oh, hundred percent. Like, how could anybody not? I mean, just like yeah, solos. She's, badass. she's got a guitar. Dances around with a space helmet on. Like yeah, uh, and like and she was sharp and funny and and, and foul mouthed and <laughs> and cool. Like I think we, we cannot underestimate that that what cool is. That yeah. she just. She just didn't. She just didn't give an f. Like you can just tell in right. the way that she sings and performs. She does not care what you think. Yeah. She called her record "Exile in Guyville" because she knew it would piss off the sure. snobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and good and, on her. You know, uh, speaking of Guyville, um, and of course that's where Six Foot One comes from. Um, and it goes back to what you were saying about Matter Rose, which is that '90s guitar sound yep. is my everything. Yeah. And like, you know how like when you start to work with a producer and they're like um you know bring some stuff that you kind of sonically want your stuff to sound like um the two things i would take like if i were doing anything that was me playing an electric guitar i would take guyville or um the um i don't know if it is a little nerdy but i don't know if you guys remember uh, the show the adventures of pete and pete on oh Nickelodeon. yeah oh, absolutely but yeah. the um the the soundtrack to that was a band polaris which is yeah. actually miracle legion um but the, i the, love miracle legion yeah the, so so the the polaris pete and pete album and liz fair guyville and i'd be like now make my stuff sound like this um <laughs> And then, but acoustically, it's always um, that first Violent Femmes album. I'd be like, can you please make everything sound like this? And why doesn't everything sound like this? Yeah. Why, why don't the drums sound like they're being played down the hall? Right. <laughs> I love it. My, my current, so like my, so my Venn diagram right now of music that I re really want to listen to, um, is, which is all fed by that 90s sound, is um, uh, uh, any, any kind of combination of Rat Boys, um, uh, uh, screaming females and uh, um, R.I.P. Uh, and exactly, yeah, and it's just like that that mixture of that whole thing. Whereas, depending on if I want to ha have it feel more poppy, more grungy, or more heavy, it's like it, I could be right in the middle or in any one of those angles, and all three of them made my next list as well. So, yeah, oh yeah, I had tons of stuff on the next list from that era as well. But there was like this was a real moment in indie rock, and you had people like Liz Ferry, you had bands like Matter Rose, Magna Pop, Helium, uh, Slater Kinney kind of mm -hmm, coming mm -hmm. up there, and a lot of that K record stuff, uh, Bikini Kill. I mean, we we can't deny uh, Holes lived through this as well as being a a massive oh totally formative sonic record for those of us dudes who liked guitar music. Like yeah. I loved guitar music, and when I heard Hole, I was like. Well, this is 
yeah. just his guitar music. Well, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's it's funny. Bully, it, bully is the pop one that that. Oh that, yeah, which oh, is yeah. now. But if I, I was just having a discussion with 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 my buddy James Hearn, who's a musician in Austin, uh, about the early Bully releases sound more like Hole and Nirvana than they sound like sure. now. And yeah. I really love that first uh the, those that first Bully EP. Uh, she has Philly ties, I believe. I can't quite remember what they are. Get her on the show. It's Counts. hey, you know. <laughs> um, but it's it's you know you talk about that guitar sound and and, and girls rocking with guitars. Um, one of one of my um, 11s, uh, I didn't actually pick a specific song because I can't because they're just all perfect. <laughs> but um, the the soundtrack the soundtrack to the film Josie and the Pussycats, no lie, is to me one of the most important pop records or uh, uh, records ever. And that is because um, for wait for like from like the 90s to like that album like girls with guitars um kind of fell out of favor mm-hmm. or something i don't know and like um grace vonderkoon was on the show and we talked about she the the josie and the pussycat soundtrack to her was like the first time she saw like girls rocking with guitars and she was like oh i'm allowed to do that all right yeah. and so like that kind of just opens like a permission structure to like an entire marginalized group, especially in music. And like, that's why like the, the, the riot girl sound of like the nineties is, you know, it just speaks to me so much because it's so powerful and so empowering. And it's so it's, it, it has that same sort of cathartic, thing of like listening to like you know mud honey or, or nirvana or something like that if you listen to bikini kill and i know what they constantly throw at uh kathleen hannah's feet is that like well her songs aren't very interesting they're not very complex and just like well none of this other stuff was either but again right. you know it right. all depends on on, on on the gender of the person who's doing it exactly. you know why does kathleen hannah get you know sometimes written off as like a little bit of a three-chord wonder but then someone like pga pj harvey that has the same amount of vitriol and guts and and just just energy why does she get to sit in a different place than the others and of course that's art for you right there who knows why um but but big shout out to the xpn listeners because pj harvey had like six entries um in this and like that's a wide array of career too like not all rid of me you know of that that, that era yeah i think yeah i I do think the the listenership was on display here in how they know what they're talking about which i love about this area so whether it's going to see a show in philly or here in bethlehem i'm just always in awe of the listeners the audience just they show up doesn't matter what day of the week it is doesn't matter who the performer is they're there they're ready to listen to music they're ready to talk about it afterwards um and and like you just said nate it was pretty much on display there just how how acute and how uh you know perceptive the audience is around here so again like you just said kudos to the the listeners yeah Yeah. and you know and and look i don't i don't want to sound like a fanboy here but that's a testament to uh, we do that all the time on this show nate you're fine (laughs) oh well good okay um but 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 seriously it's a testament to wxpn that like not only do they kind of um you know break new artists and stuff like that but they don't leave old artists behind and like mm-hmm. listening to this 885 countdown um it was just f- a phenomenal like back to back of like oh my god this song is amazing like yep. you know what i mean and, and from like, the very beginning like it yes. started out hot and then it just kept delivering it was a great Shoot, great exercise salt and pepper was like 849 <laughs> yeah there are there are 848 songs that people found better then get your lips wet. It's time to have pep. 
That I did okay. not have that on my bingo card for tonight. Uh, Thank go. you, Nate. Yeah. Um, so last point here, people are asking about snubs. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So Some of my stuff is in those snubs. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, many of our lists <laughs> had a lot of yeah. chock full of snubs. Here's Bruce's list of snubs. Um, he had... Uh, uh, Betty Severe, uh, Ooh, Ellen yeah. Foley, the Donnas. Ellen Foley, yes. Yep, Natalie Cole, Helium, Certainly. Babes in Toyland. He also listed Juliana Hatfield, which is a major one. Major, that was yeah. a major flub. Yep. Um, a song came up in my my world on the algorithm, and it was uh, it was a Juliana Hatfield song from the album after the one in the 90s that everyone thinks of her as, mm-hmm. the one with the buffalo on it. Uh, and it took me about... 10 seconds longer than I'd like to admit for me to realize it was Juliana Hatfield's song. But just from the notes and just hearing it, I was just like, oh, this is great. I thought to myself, I'm like, if this is a 90s, you know, woman singer, you know, rock band alternative thing that I've never heard of. And then I picked up my phone and go, oh, okay, it's Juliana Hatfield. Thank God. I think she's playing in Sellersville. She is. She's playing. um, Yeah, we should go see that. Her thing in January. Her book is excellent as well, uh, and involve and and involves one of the greatest takedowns of the green room at the old North Star Bar uh, because it was a horrible green room, and she spends (laughs) at least two paragraphs talking about how awful the green room is at North Star. You know, I've I've I had Juliana Hetfield on my mind a lot recently because um, mostly because she's coming to Sellersville, but also um, I've been guesting. This is a horrible plug. I'm sorry, guys. I've been guesting on this podcast called Single Season Record, where they break down shows that only got one season, and um, they've been doing my so-called life. And so um, Make It Home has been uh, on play, on repeat um, in my head, uh, especially <laughs> being the Christmas season and all. Um, uh, and uh, so in in talking and breaking down my so-called life, I found an old AOL chat from the day that the uh, um, so-called angels, which is the episode she was in, check it out, it's brilliant. Um, uh, the, an AOL chat from MTV when uh, that episode came out with her and Claire Danes and um, some of the story, like some of the stories she tells in the chat, are 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 much like the North Star. Uh, <laughs> like it's just, it's really incredible. And she's an amazing person. She's got this song called uh, uh, "I Think I Might Be in Love Again," that is one of the best pop songs ever written. Um, and yes, definitely a snub that she did not show up on this countdown. Yeah. Well, you know, we only have eight hundred eighty-five of them. You know, it's yeah. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna make a controversial take. Take three of those Joni Mitchell songs out and just give me some Juliana Hetfield. I mean, yeah, she I, could give up ten and still come in first. Yeah, right? so, she's still the queen. Um, she, she's but still yeah, the queen. I, yeah, a couple of my snubs. Uh, I already mentioned screaming females. They didn't make anything, right? I mean, they no, should definitely no, be in I don't there. Believe so. I mean, she's probably a, in my opinion, a top guitarist of all time. And then, oh, on absolutely. top of that, those songs are incredible. So, uh, screaming females, and then the beaches. I think they should be in there as well. Yeah, um, they're getting a lot of fame now, but they were writing great music before. So, um, you know, I, I think that those are two that I would have liked to see in there. A lot of my 11s were things that did make it on there that I just, I just, just couldn't cram them into 10. Like Tori was definitely in, in, in my 11s, uh, as was, hold on. I wrote notes about this for you guys. Uh, (laughs) I actually, I, I had a Joni Mitchell song in my 11s, which did, uh, go up pretty high, but again, most of the songs I picked were either stuff that spoke to me at a certain age or stuff that like I have a history with. And so, uh, my old man by Joni Mitchell, uh, is that line that we don't need no piece of paper from, from city hall. My wife and I used to sing that to each other in the months and weeks leading up to getting married That's in fantastic. 2006 and it was as a joke. Cause we just thought it was, and again, cause we were 
we're, we're both such uh, Joni Mitchell fans. Um, and then what was the other one on there? I, I put on there. Oh yeah. Rilo Kylie, uh, mm-hmm. a, a band that I absolutely was in love with for their first, I'd say first three records. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think are exquisite and uh, Philadelphia's own hop along uh, fronted by uh, Frank Quinlan. Uh, one of the most, excellent singers front people of that generation of of philadelphia rock and the song i would have picked was uh, texas funeral from their uh, painted shut album because it has the greatest refrain uh none of this is going to happen to me within my lifetime it's a song about some older person like i think Fran said it in an interview once they said a friend of theirs like older friend of theirs like threw something on the ground like threw a piece of trash on the ground or something and and fran said to them it's like oh you should pick that up you know we should make the planet nice and the answer was ain't none of that gonna happen to me in my lifetime you walk on uh and the way that fran sings it more and more she just repeat that they they just repeat it over and over and over again and it's just it's a brilliant song yeah. uh from a brilliant band and a brilliant record and brilliant, brilliant, brilliant all along. They are getting back together for, it looks like, uh, a couple of shows in support of uh, gentleman Steve from the Gradwell House studio who passed away not long ago, RIP Steve. Uh, Gradwell House being a huge studio just in the looming in the legend of Philadelphia music. Uh, so there's a couple of huge uh, benefit shows happening at Union Transfer with tons of great bands and hop along around both nights, uh, which I'm incredibly excited for. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. One of one of the biggest snubs to me, and is also my fault because it was an eleven, so I didn't vote for it. So like, well, there you I, go. I, it might have made it if it wasn't for you, Nate. Nate. <laughs> but but the reason why, like, the reason I didn't vote for it wasn't that it didn't make the list. It's that I didn't even think it was eligible because I wasn't thinking outside the box, and it's my fault. But guys, what are we doing? Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is a top 10 song, period, and stop. Maybe right behind Be My Baby. Um, it's like, <laughs> it goes like, Be My Baby, All I Want for Christmas is You, all too I, well, Taylor's version 10. I, I, I do not understand the hate around All I Want for Christmas is You, other than perhaps just the sheer overplayedness of it. But we could also, we could, all name, could we, we could name a dozen songs off right. the top of our heads that we yeah. think are overplayed. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, look, I got to hear you guys talk about last Christmas, every single Christmas, like it's a game and we can't just right, yeah. enjoy all I want for Christmas. Is all I want for Christmas is I'm like, with you, Nate. It's just a Christmas song. You only get to hear it for 30 days and then it's over. It's, yeah. it's the just landing. Relax. It's the landing on the six too. Like if we want to get musical nerdy about this, there's that part in the refrain that lands on the six and like, you're not supposed to do that except, she could do whatever the hell she wants. Love when uh, we, I think we need to wrap on a music nerd moment right there. Thank you very <laughs> much. Um, so, uh, Nate, why don't you tell people where they can catch you on the socials? Absolutely. If you have a social, I'm probably there. And it is probably at Yo That's My John. Uh, that includes uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Twitter X, as long as it still has an infrastructure that continues to work. Uh, threads, <laughs> Blue Sky, uh, Post, uh, Spill, um, Spout Bubble. You're Bible. just making things up at this it point. It sounds like yeah. it, but I'm not. These are all things. No one can value. 
holiday piece, Nate. I can neither confirm nor deny. John, you you can find you can find me um, uh, somehow on there or uh, the. And then yo, that's my John. That's what I was just going to say. The easiest way to find it all: www.yo.that'smyjohn.com. You can find everything there, including guest appearances on other podcasts. There's going to be a link to this there. Uh, You can find merchandise, a mailing list, socials, anything your heart desires. And let's not forget. And it was the John before Christmas. There we go. Bringing it all back to Mariah right there. All I want for Christmas is Uke, December 23rd, 8 p.m. That's a classic callback right there, Phil. You just brought it there. Like we should just pull the plug immediately right now and get out. Except we got to promote your stuff, Dan, especially your 300th episode. Um, Yeah, 300th episode coming out January 16th. Uh, This week's episode, talking about great women songwriters and performers. I've had a yeah. few really great ones on over the last uh, month or so. Uh, I had Emily Drinker on. Uh, she's on the show this week. Uh, what an amazing singer, performer, worker. She just she masterminding her whole situation, all that. And it, it's a great talk, uh, not just about music too. We, we get into some life stuff too, uh, which awesome. we had never, that's the longest she and I have ever talked uh, in, in our lives. <laughs> just because when you, We've known of you. That might be a look in the mirror. No, we've known each other for a while, but in this world of, you know, music and gigs and stuff, you see each other, you pass each other like ships in the night. In fact, Phil, it was you Mm -hmm. dragging me out to that one night of Music Fest to see the Tisberries, and Emily was there. And that was the night that we finally just like looked each other in the eye and be like, we're doing this show. We're doing an episode. It's going to happen. Nice. Um, Fantastic. And uh, Ange Boca. I'm glad I could be the. You are. You're the, you're, the, you're the facilitator. Uh, and Ange Boca, a couple of weeks before that. Uh, I'm going to add that to my Yes. Name. Ange Boca, killer singer, killer performer, just an amazing all out singular human being, Ange Boca. So those are two of the recent uh, great women songwriters, performers of Philadelphia that have been on recently. Um, and you can get it all. Uh, whatever social I'm on, I'm on at 25 o'clock pod. Uh, I'm on the Instagram. I'm on the TikTok. Uh, I'm on the blue sky. It's me, Nate, the dude from unlucky mammals and, uh, Ted Leo. Uh, that's, that's who's on blue sky right now. It's a good crew. Actually. I would like to yeah. have a dinner with those. I'd have that people hang. Right yeah. I'd have that. And then fire up the mic. Just yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, of course, the website, 25oclockpod.com. Uh, podcast is available anywhere you get podcasts. It's on Spotify right now for some reason. I didn't put it there, uh, but it's there. Um, I know, right? We've had this conversation before. <laughs> I just, amazing. I don't know how it ended up there. I, I didn't, it's I didn't try RSS and keep nonsense. it off, but I didn't try and keep it on either. Um, yeah. But there it is. It's there everywhere you can get it. Nearly 300 episodes of Philadelphia musicians, uh, performances, talking. I do play. And yeah. don't forget. And Demonic Frosty. Demonic Frosty. <sighs> I did. Um, but let's not forget January, January 16th, 16th 300 episode 300. So y'all got some time. Y'all got some time to catch up. To subscribe. On, on previous, previous episodes. I did forget to mention one other thing, uh, very important, and I'm the dumbest person in the world that it even slipped my mind. Uh, I also produce a uh, pod, uh, another podcast um, that uh, there will be a new episode out this coming, not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Um, and that podcast is called Oops All Bards, and it is a uh, Dungeons and Dragons RPG actual play podcast um, starring 
Ross, who's in the comment section. And I don't know why that even slipped my mind. Um, but Ross uh, and his wife, Jillian Ashley Blair Ivy, uh, she's the DM and uh, uh, executive producer of this show. And it is fantastic. It's hilarious. It's uh, what happens when five bards are the only adventurers left tasked <laughs> to save the realm. And, um, and it's really fantastic. So make sure you check that out. Well, Dan, Nate, and all the listeners of uh, WXPN, the Xpezennials, and, uh, and, and Bruce and the entire crew over there at WXPN, thank you for putting on this amazing list, allowing us to have a ch wonderful chat about it. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, Dan, Nate, thanks for, t for uh, making this uh, triple collabo happen. I hope we have uh, uh, additional topics to make this happen again in the oh, future. Yeah. This was so much we fun. We should be the post-game wrap-up for every uh, 885 countdown. Um, so same time next year, guys, or next time they do it. All right, Phil, let, let's say goodbye to everybody. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of your next favorite band slash 25 o'clock pod slash yo, that's my John. Um, we, uh, would like to sincerely thank Dan Drago and Nate Runkle, um, for, uh, being the, uh, the guest, uh, co-hosts here and, uh, really having a, a great deep dive into this list of 885 songs as voted on by the listeners of WXPN. Um, would just, uh, you know, want to, uh, have you, uh, check out their shows, so 25 O'Clock Pod, uh, and, and Yo, That's My John, you, you, you heard where to find them on the socials and their websites, um, go check them out. If you like what you heard here, um, you're going to get uh, more and more of that. Uh, and if you're a big fan of music discovery, that's what all three of us are about uh, in slightly different flavors. But uh, the collective is, is all there for you to thoroughly enjoy. I'll include uh, links in the show notes to all of the sites. Uh, the Spotify, now that it's there, uh, is it, mysteriously there. Um, and uh, definitely check out all of their special episodes that are coming up. As always, our hope here is to bring you your next favorite band. You might have been introduced to 885 different favorite bands today, um, but at least hopefully there was one. Um, and uh, want to have you check out their information. And uh, the big thing we always try and promote is going and checking out the live concerts, supporting these musicians by uh, purchasing merch directly from them. It's really the only way to generate revenue for them, and, and it lets them know that you like what you're hearing and inspires them to do more of it and empowers them to do that as well. So hopefully we will see you at a live show soon. Please like, subscribe, and follow us for future episodes of your next favorite game.